Blog Talk Radio. Fight out, I can trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I'm most definitely from. Everybody, it's 8 o'clock and you already know what time it is. It is time for my show, The Mecca James Show. I give you fashion, politics, relationships, and everything in between. Tonight, people, we got another special show. I have sports journalist Brandon Robinson will be in the building. He works for the Sports Magazine, the Source Magazine, and so much more. He does a lot of sports commentating. And we're just going to go into it. You want, We're going to talk about his grind, his career, and he's definitely the one to watch for. You know that I play music on my show, so I give you some music. You can follow me on Instagram, Mecca James. You can also follow me on Twitter, Mecca from Uptown. Also, I have my new The MJ Collection by Mecca James Hats. You can go to SB.com, which is W-W-E-T-S-Y.com, and just type in the MJ Collection and the hats will come up. Thank you for everyone that has been supporting me. You know, entrepreneurs trying to do their thing and do all, so much more. So I'm going to give you some music, and there's a lot of things that have been going on in the news, this SAE um, situation, Hillary Clinton, and we'll talk about that. It's the Mecca James Show, and we're going to give you a little Chris Brown, Flames.
Look sliding in her Baby, I'm a boss I'm talking George Steinbrenner Panamera, Yogi Berra My two-seater, Derek Jeter Got more stripes than all these beats Baby, falling in the beamer Collar on my polo Kisses on my necklace All my diamonds watching Now my watch is getting jealous Smoking on the bit, bit, my autograph, LeBron. Yeah, she told me I'm the one. That's when I only want one. James show everybody thank you for following me you know it's the show um I'm bringing you the best of the best on the show and I'm not sure if you know that Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams they were sued by Marvin Gaye's family the lawsuit they lost they have to give 7.3 million dollars to Marvin Gaye's family because they did copy a song similar to Marvin Gaye. So when you do that, you have to pay some type of royalties, but at the beginning they swore that this was an original song. So, you know, the family have to take them to court. It is what it is. You got to pay your dues, Robin Thicke and Pharrell. But here we go. It's the Mecca Jane Show, and I believe I have my guest on the line now. Mr. Brandon Robinson will be in the building. It's the Mecca Jane Show. Let's see if he's on. Hello? What's going on? What's going on, Mecca? Hey, how you doing, Randall? What's up? I can't complain. Trying to make something out of nothing. Make a make two dollars out of two cents. <laughs> welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Let's give you the hand claps. I want to just tell everybody that I like to have young entrepreneurs on the show and people to watch for. So, you know, it's the Mecca James show, and a lot of times we have celebrities, but Brandon is definitely the one to watch for. So let's give him a hand clap. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so let's tell the audience out here, like, you know, let's talk about, you You know, we're going to your career and everything, but let's tell us a little bit of your background, where you're from, where you went to school. I'd like to start off with that. Well, I um, went to college at Eastern University, uh, which is right outside of uh, Philadelphia. Um, I grew up on both sides of the river, um, in both northern New Jersey and in the city. Um, so I moved around a lot, but, um, definitely, um, <clears throat> thankful to be in New York city based, um, went to grad school at Hofstra university. Uh, and I am a, uh, sports and entertainment writer, uh, at the source magazine. Uh, and nice. I do some freelance gigs as well. I'm also a television, uh, uh, sports, um, uh, expert on the Arise TV network. And, uh, mm-hmm. that keeps me busy. I can imagine like, when did you start? Like, at what age? Because, you know, a lot of creative people have passions, and even when they're young, they know this is what they want to do. What? When did you realize that you wanted to do this, that you wanted to pursue, pursue this career path? Um, I knew that I wanted to be a journalist when I was about six years old. Um, mm. I used to watch 60 Minutes with uh, my mom on Sundays, and uh I enjoyed uh, watching. I, I love interviews. Like I love to interview people. I love to ask questions. Um, and I uh, used to watch Ed Bradley and uh, liked um, his style, 
like that he would always punctuate why. You know, that would be his follow-up question, why. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I also love sports, and I played some when I was younger. Um, and my first big break came uh, when I had a radio show uh, with the Nets basketball organization at 12 years old, uh, co-hosting mm. it with uh, Albert King, former Net Albert nice. King. Yes, sir. I mean, yes, ma'am, excuse me. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but it's just like, because we have a lot in common because journalism, and I, I also love interviews. And, you know, you said uh, we, you know, also Larry King, he always used to always ask the why after his, you know, some of his interviews as well. So we have a lot in common in that area. Sure. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, a lot going on in the news, and I know that we'll talk about Anthony Mason and rest in peace to Anthony Mason. I know you had the pleasure of interviewing Mason. How was that? What, what year was that? Uh, tell us about that. And for people that don't know, Anthony Mason, he was an NBA player for the New York Knicks, and he passed away recently of a heart attack, which is unfortunate, but he played for the Knicks in the 90s. Yeah, so to answer your first question, uh, Anthony Mason, NBA legend, died at 48, uh, had multiple um, heart surgeries to, um, to to repair. You know, he had over the over last few years had been, you know, health issues, had gained some weight, and you know, unfortunate situation. Uh, former New York Knicks, Charlotte Hornet, Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks player. Um, I actually first met Anthony Mason um, back when I was 12 uh, when he played for the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, when I had my radio show with the Nets, uh, you know, I would be at all the games uh, in the locker room, you know, in, in, around coaches, around the coaching room. And um, I'll never forget, uh, he was on that team with uh, B.J. Armstrong from the Chicago Bull, Matt Geiger. Um, Actually, Steph Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors, his father was on mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornets team at the time, and I actually had interviewed, interviewed Steph Curry's dad. Uh, for the y'all listeners, you know, Steph Curry with the shot boy, as Drake would say. And uh, I, um, you know, I first met Anthony Mason then in the locker room and, and liked him as a Nick, and I wanted to do an interview. He said at the time, he said, no. But he said, here, take down his number, call me. And it was his, it was his home number in Charlotte. And, um, really? you know, my... So I called him. I called him at home to the interview. And, you know, when I first called him, um, he'd say hello. I'm like, hey, Anthony, what's going on? It was clearly Anthony Mason, but he going, he's not home right now. Can I take a message? And I knew it was him, but he didn't want to be bothered. So after calling him about two or three more times, we eventually did the interview. And um, that was my first connection to Anthony Mason. Um, and two years ago, uh, we he and I reconnected at a, at a restaurant in, in, in the city. And, um, you know, he wanted to talk about what he what he was doing with selling insurance and uh, things of that sort. And, um, you know, at the time I was freelancing for the Queenstown Legend newspaper and um, did a story on him um, and what he was doing with the hoteling group, which was a insurance and and, and financial planning uh, based uh, financial uh, planning uh, organization based in Manhattan. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, Mason wasn't the best uh, steward of his money. And he basically wanted to offer um, the opportunity for folks to um, not make some of the same mistakes that he made uh, as a player. And uh, that's where he was. That's where he was working until death. And uh, Mason was a good guy, character guy, and uh, creative guy. Definitely embodied the heart of New Yorker being a Queens native. And, you know, he worked hard. You know, was drafted by the Denver Nuggets, I believe, in the third round. Played briefly with the Nets. uh, Played, you know, for the Knicks in their championship run. And uh, definitely somebody that will be missing in, in New York City. 
Absolutely. May rest in peace to that. We want to talk about, because when I talk to people that, you know, in careers and broadcasting and anything that they're pursuing, it's always a drive and a passion. Can you talk about, because I'm pretty sure you doing what you're doing, broadcasting, you have to have some type of drive. You have to have that passion. I know you heard a lot of no's before. Before you get you had that one yes. So talk about that for people that are listening that probably want to go into broadcasting or something or their dream job and they have like, you know, maybe negativity around that. Talk about how you know, how passionate it is that you have to have that drive. Well I would definitely say um never take no from somebody who's not qualified to tell you yes. Mm. Um I've definitely been told no, um many times. I, I'll never forget um and this person is actually a friend of mine now. Um, I was working at I was at the NBA All Star Game and uh, last year over in New Orleans. And um, the the reason for me getting or the way I got out there is a separate story. But uh, I had met some people and um, basically it was going to be an event that Shaq and his mother. Um, as well as um, some other uh, big names, Calvin Johnson of the Detroit Lions, um, Swing Cash of the New York Liberty, um, they were being honored in New Orleans. And mm-hmm. Shaq was going to be there, and he was going to be there. And the first part, the thing I asked was, can I get an interview with Shaq? They said, no, Shaq's not doing interviews that day. So I said, hmm, that's what you think. So <laughs> when, when Shaq got there, I said, Shaq, what's going on? Brandon Robinson from the Source Magazine. Can I get can I get a couple questions with you? You know how Shaq goes. Go ahead. You, you can get a couple questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got my questions with Shaq. And after that was done, I wanted to interview his mom. Shaq was like, no, you can't talk to her, but, yo, take this number down. I'm a close person, and you'll get it later. Not only did I get the interview later, um, but I actually ended up covering another event that the Mothers of Professional Basketball Players Association um, was hosting and where Shaq's mother is the president. And, um, you know, based off of that, she personally called me and asked me to come, and, you know, I ended up meeting NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Before yeah. all that Donald Sterling stuff happened and I met him on the way out, we talked, took a picture together, and then two months later, um, you know, the world began to know who I was um, based off of the press conference, obviously, with the Clippers organization um, and, and, and the owner, Donald Sterling, making those racial uh, comments towards uh, racial epithets uh, involving black people. And um, But that relationship with the commissioner actually started last year, um, and my reasoning or a way to get out to New Orleans, the source wouldn't pay for me to fly to New Orleans. I crowdfunded. They told me no, and I found a way to get out there. I raised $2,300 in seven days to fly to New Orleans. Wow. You see, and, that's, um, your drive is amazing. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that. No, no, and, and it's crazy because a year later, you know, obviously the All-Star game was about a month ago here in New York City, and uh, – not only was I invited to come back to the Mothers of Professional Basketball Organization by my texting buddy, Ms. Lucille O'Neill, Shaq Mom, um, but Mother was invited. And, um, you know, what a difference a year makes, you know, I was able to get that press conference. I actually took a picture with the commissioner and my mother. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I said, that's a moment I, I won't ever forget. Um, he was gracious. And, you know, me and the commissioner, we talk. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a good feeling to say that, you know, you have a relationship with, you know, the best the best league in the world, and you have a good relationship with the commissioner of that league, and Commissioner Adam Silver. So, you know, it all started with me finding a way to get to New Orleans. And despite people telling me no and despite, you know, the obstacles, again, never take no from someone who's not qualified to tell you yes. Yeah, definitely going to write that one down. You have. It's amazing because I was going to say, 
you know, when you're going through, when you have your passion and your drive and your career, there's a sacrifice that you have to make in time. How much time do you put in? Because I'm pretty sure you, you have to miss a lot of parties, a lot of birthday parties to really put in a time towards your career. Talk about that. Because a lot of people Not don't talk about that. Not necessarily because I think it's all about time management. You know, I, I'm blessed. As, okay. You know, I'm starting to climb up, you know, climb the ladder, you know, to have, um, you know, a publicist that helps me. Um, but also, um even growing up, you know, I went to summer camps. I went to prep school. Um, you know, my life was always surrounded around the game, deadlines, mm-hmm. writing, and family and friends for the most part are understanding. That's good. So I think, you know, if I'm filing two stories this day, you're taking the day off to spend some time with friends or family. You know, it's not totally centered just around the work, but I think the work and the lifestyle behind work um, – makes your life flexible. You know, I'm single, I'm childless. Um, you know, my responsibilities are paying rent and utilities. And of course that direct T V okay. bill. So, you know, you, <laughs> you 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 have to be flexible, I mean I, I think that's something that I've always just implemented into my lifestyle. If I miss somebody's birthday or miss something, you know, I will um you know, at some point we'll get up and have dinner or breakfast or lunch. Um, you know, I have an uncle um that I've been so busy the last few months I told him during Easter time, you know, I would see him. I, would, I actually had an engagement Good Friday that I actually declined because I promised my uncle that I would spend time with him, you know, Friday through Sunday. So, that, you know, that's a sacrifice at times. You've got to pick and choose your, your events, your venues, and you've and you got to remember the people who got you there. Absolutely, absolutely. You've got to make time for that. Who's your favorite journalist? I know mine is, uh, I have so many, but what's one of your favorite journalists? Um, I have a couple. Uh, obviously, as, as I mentioned before, um, at Bradley was somebody that, you know, and his style of asking questions uh, is something that I um, definitely respected. Uh, and to the grab a guy right the legend of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was also a child prodigy as well. Um, yeah, okay. He started young. Yeah, at Bradley started young. Um, and I, I think, you know, I'm inspired by different people for different things. Robert Wal- Walters, I like her style of interviewing as well. Um, Ernie Johnson of TNT, who I was actually with earlier today, uh, I, I like his 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 rapport with athletes. Um, okay. And, and also Chris Broussard of ESPN, known him since I was young, and uh, he's somebody that I can always bounce ideas off of, and you know, definitely somebody who I who I respect currently in the business. Now, someone in the chat room wanted to know, how did you get your your break at 12 years old? Be on the radio, and you know. Well, what happened was um, I had auditioned for um, basically uh, a local radio station in New York. Uh, I was broadcasting in Jersey City, where the broadcast in New York and New Jersey called uh, 1660 AM Oswald Radio. Mm-hmm. And it's now defunct. And they taped at Liberty Science Center in Jersey City. And it was the, the audition was at Chelsea Pier. And I, as well as hundreds of other kids in the Tri-State area, auditioned. Uh, the first audition they loved me. I got a callback. Call, second callback was at Dangerfield in Manhattan. Um, I killed it, and I was I selected amongst six or ten, six to ten kids to be child personalities on the radio. So you know we were doing commercials with like t- crash dummies. Remember the crash dummies, the, the test dummies? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we did that, and then what happened was uh, the Nets came calling, and they were looking for a child uh, to co-host uh, a radio show. Uh, was that the Nets were doing um, 
and this was when they designed the new logo. This was 97, designed the new logo. Uh, they had guys like Sam Cassell, Jacob William, Kendall Gill um, on their team, and, and head coach uh, John Calipari, who was also hired as a general manager. They were really, you know, they were revamping their team. And um, thankfully, I was selected all over those other kids. And, you know, I've always liked basketball. Like I said, I played when I was younger. Um, I fell in love with basketball in 91. And, uh, you know, the knowledge and the hunger that I had for it, plus, you know, the ability to ask questions and, and just be a genuine kid, you know, it paid off. I saw young what I wanted to do, and I haven't looked back since. And you went for it. So we're going to take a break. Of course, yesterday was March 9th. So I'm going to play a little biggie, and then we're going to come back with Brandon. We're going to talk about his career and his grind. This is Mecca James Show, everybody. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah, yeah. To all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private socks. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Pizza, raw G, Brucey B, kick it free. Funk master flex, love bug, sauce key. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. With Robin Leach yeah. And I'm far from cheap I smoke smoke with my peace all day Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way The Moet and Alizé keep me pissy Girls used to diss me Now they write letters cause they miss me I never thought it could happen This rapping stuff I was too used to packing gats and stuff Now honeys play me close like butter play toast From the Mississippi down to the East Coast Condos and Queens in dough for weeks Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the fool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. 50 inch screen, money green, leather sofa. Got two rides, a limousine with the chauffeur. Whole bill about 2G flat. No need to worry, my accountant handles that. And my whole crew is lounging. Celebrating every day, no more public housing. Thinking back on my one room shack. Now my mom pimped the act with minks on the back. 
And she loves to show me off, of course Smiles every time my face is up in the sauce We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us No heat, wonder why Christmas missed us Birthdays was the worst days Now we sip champagne when we thirsty uh, Damn right I like the life I live Cause I went from negative to positive And it's all And if you don't know Now you know, you know, you know And if you don't know Now you know, you know, you know And that was big. Rest in peace to big. It's the Mecca James show, everybody. And like Jay said, you you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. So I thank you for rocking with me. And if you missed any shows with Tammy Roman from Basketball Wives, Charlemagne the Guy from Power 105 and Geico, Andrew Shokes, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mecca show and the number one. And you can listen or you can go to iTunes and listen to any prior show and just type in the Mecca James show. So we're back with sports journalist and TV personality Brandon Robinson. And we're going to talk a little bit about him. Brandon, you still on the line? I'm still here. I smile every time my name is up in the sauce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I played that for uh, you. Yes, the man. little plug and you had the sauce. <laughs> so since we always we're going to talk about the source, tell us how did you you know your career at the Source magazine, popular magazine. It's been out for years. How did you get started in that? Um, this interesting story. So a couple years ago, um. I was trying to uh, basically, you know, the video game NBA 2K. Mhm. Um. So I wanted the game, but I didn't have the money to pay for it. So oh. I called NBA 2K, reached out, or rather the PR firm reached out to them, and originally I had wrote my a review on the game for Vibe Magazine. I knew an editor that was there, and um, at some point. Um, I realized, wow, I can get this for free. I can do this all the time. So um, what happened was I actually met uh, former creative director uh, Donald Morris um, at a at a, at a um, function at the New York Times. Uh, November of 2013, was invited. Uh, the source was one of the, the media sponsors. And um, they said to me, you know, well, you should come in and, and, and uh, possibly write for us. So I said, all right, cool. And I uh, came in and um, you know, that day they, they asked me to do it, so I did a review on NBA 2K again, uh, the game. And, you know, from there, November to 2013, uh, you know, I started going on different shows, and, you know, radio shows, like uh, the Bottom Line Sports Show on Series XM Radio, um, and, you know, started to get little looks here and there, and uh, I just continued to stay with it. You know, I've always liked sports, and sports has always been in my bread and butter, but I've definitely – the last few years expanded um, what I've written about, and uh, the source has given me that platform to do it, whether it's music or, you know, it's celebrities, uh, celebrity sightings, or, you know, just anything. Um, it's it's given me that platform to expand outside of just sports, particularly basketball. And, uh, you know, November 2014, I, I celebrated a year at the publication. And, you know, since then, you know, year in, year in change in, you know, I, I've, I've definitely seen a uh, opportunities uh, present itself for me, you know, obviously being at a rise 
as a TV guy contributor. That's that's open doors appearing on uh, Pix Eleven here in New York City and uh, and, and other avenues uh, and 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 you know things that you've seen in the coming months. But uh, definitely uh, a good good exposure. Definitely a good uh, stopping ground for me. And you know, looking to, to for bigger and better things. Absolutely. I wanted to talk about, because I always talk about branding, and, you know, everything when you do on social media, even if you're not on social media, it's about branding. Explain to people how important it is to brand yourself. I think it's important. I think um, at the end of the day, um, whether Brandon Robinson is at the source or Brandon Robinson is in another publication, um, I want people to know that, um, I'm a driving force in my content. You know, those are those are things or things that myself and my team have put together. And you know, it, it, you, you have to think outside of just I work for the brand. You know, you you have to think about yourself as a content provider um, mm-hmm. and a voice. Uh, whether you blog, whether you you know you 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 are a voice in the community. And um, you know, I, I definitely think that um, the day and age, the digital age that we live in, um, establishing yourself as an expert or establishing yourself um, and, and just the avenue arena that you're in is important because um, I just think we're in such a competitive society that, you know, just a college degree is not cutting it anymore. It's how hard you work. No. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those things are important, particularly digitally. Absolutely, absolutely. You have interviewed so many people, and I'm pretty sure you have. What What is one of your favorite interviews? That you just that stands out to you. Um, obviously the one with, that I mentioned with Shaq, um, LeBron James. Um, <clears throat> who else? Um, it's a myriad of people. I think I think um, I interviewed Marv Albert today, and uh, you know that oh, that was nice. kind of significant for me um, because I fell in love with basketball in '91. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA on NBC uh, was definitely on in my house. Uh, I was trying to cut church on Sundays to get home to watch the Knicks or the Bulls on, on, on NBC. Um, so I mean that that was that was definitely um, you know that that was definitely a surreal moment. Uh, I, I I even take it back to you know when I was a kid. Uh, I didn't I didn't interview him, but I met him, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, that was a that was a surreal experience for me um, because mm-hmm. he was in, he was supposed to be in my TV. Why were you in the locker room? Um, so you know that, that I was I was I was definitely a little starstruck back then. Um, but I think that those foundations as a kid uh, led me to where I am now. Where you know the, it's very rare that I'll get starstruck. And if if I were to be, I, I kind of take a step back and regroup. And um, <clears throat> you know it, it's 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 like breathing. But um, definitely have been afforded a lot of opportunities um, to interview some of the. I also had a chance to interview um, Nelson Mandela's daughters before he before he died. Wow, um, that was definitely a surreal moment for me, um, as well as um, Naomi Campbell. How was that uh, experience, are, Nelson Mandela's uh, daughters and Naomi Campbell? How was that? Um, it's funny. I was invited to a UN event uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I actually, like I said, I interviewed the daughters before before he, uh, their father passed away, and I just liked them because they were humble and because, you know, they had a sense of humor, and I was actually interviewing them about the um, the Idris Elba um, version of the of the, of the Mandela uh, Long Walk for Freedom movie, and uh, mm-hmm. Zinzi Mandela, 
uh, was, was was just talking about how much she said she would call him daddy any day, talking about Idris Elba. And uh, <laughs> obviously talking about, you know, her father, her playing her father. But, you know, it's funny to see her have a sense of humor. And, um, you know, that that's a moment I'll never forget. And, and talking to Naomi Campbell, who basically was raised as, as, as Mandela's grandchild, you know, he considered her yeah. a, a grandchild to her. Um to him, rather, um, that that was an opportunity. You know, people give her a bad rap sometimes for having an attitude. Um, I think because I'm tall and she's tall, that that helps in engagement with you know celebrities. But uh, you know, she definitely was 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 uh, personable and had her undivided attention. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, funny thing you said about being tall. Like when you're on the red carpet or things like that, they usually go because I'm five nine. They usually go to the tallest people for whatever reason. I, I, that's a benefit. You think that that's a possibility? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can speak for myself. It was very interesting me being six five and me interviewing little Michael Bivens. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, I, I think when you're tall, people assume that you know it all or people assume that, you know, you just have all the answers or, or that, you know, you have a brain. And I think that um, having that opportunity uh, to be on a red carpet or even just in an interview scrum setting, um, you, yeah. if, you, if you're tall and you have long arms, you, you use that to your advantage. You don't overpower somebody. And I think the other thing that you should also consider is you have somebody that's shorter than you or somebody that doesn't have that access in that moment than you have. Little things, like I, I learned this from Bruce Beck, who's, who's an NBC Sports um, Channel 4 here in New York um, uh, anchor, he said, you know, take somebody's microphone and hold it for them because you never know when somebody's going to need you to do or you're going to need somebody to do that for you. So it's the little thing. But I definitely think that, um, you know, utilizing your height to your advantage is definitely a good thing in this business. Uh, definitely. I have some questions. Um, someone on Facebook, they inboxed me and said, what advice can you give young men or wanting to go into broadcast journalism because you know you're doing sports and we don't have a lot of young african-american men going into that they're usually going into music or hip-hop so give some advice on that because i think that's great that what you're doing well i can definitely say that before i was at the source nobody was really calling my name you know i had a couple freelance opportunities here and there i wasn't getting tv time but um i mm-hmm. definitely think that um the advice that I would give somebody is to start locally. Um, you don't necessarily have to. You're not going to start big right away. Um, so if hip-hop is that avenue, how can you turn hip-hop into um, news? How can you turn news into entertainment? Uh, I, I think a good example of somebody who parlayed on the grand stage, but it still is relevant to what I'm talking about, is A.J. Calloway, who was a host of 106 in Park for years, and now was on uh, yeah. uh, Extra. I extra. think that... Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I think that, you know, that 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 is the move to make, um, you know, making sure that every move you make, you know, slips into something else. Um, so, you know, even if it's starting locally, uh, to go back to the local point, if it's locally, you know, at a, at a, at a town newspaper and then using those clips to, to catapult you to the next level, to the next level. And I think the other thing is um, having built-in following, you know, build your following, grow your following organically, um, and also um, – Build with people. You know, nobody's going to hire a journalist without them having contacts. So to that point, make sure that you build that contact list. And freelancing is not a bad way to do it because you have the creative control to start out. And once you've built those contacts, you know, people are going to be knocking on your door crazily. 
Good. That's a, that's very good advice. So I know we're not going to keep you for long. Well, what is next for Brandon? What 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 is next on the horizon for you? Um, staying consistent, traveling, and um, just being the best me I can be. You know, you talk to I talked to the point about flipping. You know, I I turned a you know an opportunity where nobody was checking for me at the source in November 2013, and to you know, people seeking me out to be on different shows, hosting showcases, hip-hop showcases, uh, you know. So, you know, I'm flying out to um, Chicago next month. Uh, I'll be doing some stuff uh, with Karen Civil uh, next month in Chicago. Oh, nice. Um, Love her. And then, Love Karen Civil. Yes, she's good people. And then also um, in next month I'll be doing, uh, I'll be speaking on a panel in St. Louis uh, discussing Ferguson at school. Uh, mm, at college. Interesting. So, you know, just really. Let's discuss it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ladies first. Okay. Since you were talking about Ferguson, how do you feel? Because you know we do on, we're doing sports, but I do politics as well. How do you feel about this SAE whole situation, the the rant, and that you know we're doing the video and now they expel? How do you feel about all of that? I think it's unfortunate. I I, I teach a I teach a college course. Uh, at NJIT uh, in Newark, New Jersey, uh, writing course. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my students a little bit about that today. And, um, you know, the ramifications of just video, video and social media, the, th- the mistakes that you make today will cost you 10 to 15 years from now. And I think that, um, you know, having social media etiquette or just being mindful of, of the golden rule of treating people the way that you want to be treated uh, is something that is a lost art because you people are given the platform to, to say whatever they want to say. And I think that um, we don't police ourselves enough. And I think that if we police ourselves more, uh, opportunities to actually use social media for good would actually be more prevalent, I think. But I I think to a deeper issue, racism is learned in the home. And I think that until um, we take responsibility for ourselves, um, racism will never die just because we have a black president who is, by the way, biracial, not just African-American, because he's not African-American, he's Kenyan. But until yeah, we yeah. believe that racism is still alive and well, um, situations like that and other situations will continue to replicate itself. Um, you know, I, I, speaking of Ferguson, I had the opportunity to actually visit Ferguson uh, in the fall, and, uh, you know, it was humbling. You know, that was a kid that looked mm. just like me um, who is no longer here. And I think that... <clears throat> Additionally, I'm not saying the cop was right, but how you communicate with police officers, right or wrong, goes a long way. And I think that more effort should be done that even if you're right, you don't have to tell a cop that he's an idiot. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you use that situation to just shut up. Because if you're not saying that, then he doesn't have proper cause to do a thing. And, uh, well, the I problem think that, with that is, Go, no, I'm sorry. The problem with that is that how do you teach young black men, you know, like I have nephews, you know, if you get stopped by the cops, even if they're doing everything right and still there are still a lot of crooked cops out there, what do you say to them because they're just looking at your skin complexion or what you have on, even if you're clean cut? Well, admittedly, I'm, I'm not a – I am not a um... – I am not a, 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 a law enforcement officer, and I'm not you know, yeah, a person yeah. that advises people on how to do that, but I am around a lot of people who do have those conversations uh, with mm-hmm. young folks. And, you know, it, it brings to mind a conversation I had uh, with the assistant director of security 
uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and who you know, shared with me, you know, some of the players that are on the team, you know, have been profiled uh, by by players, or have been profiled by um, police officers. And you know, the first thing that you know he advises is to don't say anything. You know, say as little as possible, give him your ID, and call him. And you know, basically, you know, they'll get in touch with the local law enforcement and. You know, those things that happen because a lot of times these guys are speeding or not even speeding, going to practice. They have tinted windows and, you know, things of that sort. And I think a lot of times, sometimes mm-hmm. it's money. People are intimidated. You got a yeah. nicer car than him. Why are you living here? Things of that sort. And it's not right. You know, if, you, if you've earned your money honestly, why can't you drive a nice car? So what if you put a ball in a hoop? You still, you know, found a way to feed your family. So I think that to teach your kids you know, or, or, or nephews or what have you. Um, you. The thing is, just because the cop is maybe being a hothead doesn't mean that you have to be one too because fire with fire is never going to win. So if a cop stops you and he's, and he's having a bad day or he's saying something he's not supposed to say, just extinguish the situation by saying very little or being mannerable because, you know, they always say um, kindness goes a long way or, you know, Saying saying little or you know there's a right there's a million and one ways to say you're stupid without saying you're stupid, and I think that yeah. um a lot of times in situations like that people are nervous people are are not thinking clearly the person who's being pulled over is like why am I being pulled over and there's a lot of issues and I think that sometimes like I said saying less goes a long way you have to think that situation not necessarily use your instincts because your instincts can sometimes get you in trouble. Yeah, go over emotions. Well, we just went way over, but thank you, Snoop, for coming on. Tell everybody where to follow you at on social media. What do you have next coming up? People want to know that as well. Well, first of all, you can definitely uh, get more information on uh, me at my website at scoopb.com. That's S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, uh, dot com. Um, You can also check me out on Twitter. Follow me at Scoop B. You can follow me on Instagram as well at Scoop underscore B. Uh, and you can check out my YouTube videos, always on, you know, different TV networks and doing original video content with different people. My YouTube uh, channel is search contact, Scoop B, that's C-O-N-T-A-C-T-S-C-O-O-P-B. Nice. And what do and you have it. next coming up? And that's it? You're just good? <laughs> um, so what do I have next? Make sure you, oh, okay. make sure you look out um, – NCAA basketball tournament is coming up. Uh, make sure you look mm-hmm. out for some content uh, next week uh, that'll pop on my YouTube channel as well as the source.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And like I tell you people, we bring the best of the best to the Mecca James show. And, you know, we had, we just have so many great people to come on the show. And, you know, I love to have, like, young entrepreneurs, people that are grinding, people that are in their career doing their thing. So we're going to give you with some more music, and I'm going to give you another person that's doing his thing. His name is Brad Marquise. He's out of New Jersey, too. You know, um, he now his video is on VH1 Soul, and he was on my show, The Rising Star Showcase, a couple of years ago. It's the Mecca James Show. This is Brad Marquise Free.
Yes, I do. I believe that one day I will be where I was, right there, right next to you. And it's hard, the day just seems so dark. The moon and the stars are nothing without you. Your touch, your skin, where do I begin? No words can explain the way I'm missing you tonight. This emptiness, this hole that I'm inside These tears, they tell their own story Call me not to cry when you are gone But the feelings overwhelm me It's much too strong Can I? Love Live Life, you can follow me on Instagram, Mecca James, or you can follow me on Twitter, Mecca from Uptown. Any show that you miss, you can go to blogtalkradio.com 
forward slash Mecca show and the number one. And you can check me out on iTunes. Just Google the Mecca James show and listen to any show that you missed. Until next week, love, live, life. God bless everybody.